Welcome to the Flayo Podcast. This is Troy. And Byers. And Lori. And we are here for the, the last of the of the three Lord of the Rings late nights at Blockbuster. We're here to talk about uh, Return of the King in all its glory. We're going to be talking about uh, Extended Edition. This one is massive uh, with the Extended Edition tack on. <laughs> it was already massive. <laughs> it was already massive, but yeah. It's, it's Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, as we've uh, introed before, uh, this movie stars Elijah Wood, Sean Astin, Viggo Mortensen, and Ian McClellan, amongst many others. Uh, this movie was released in 2003. So of course, each movie was uh, released in the holiday season. Um, usually right, right around in December, right? I think it's Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, it, oh okay. Um, where uh, it's released in every year, 2001, 2002, and 2003. So that was pretty awesome that you could just kind of set your watch by that at that point. And, and then finals, go watch Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> this is directed by Peter Jackson. Screenplay is written by Jackson, Fran Walsh, who's his wife, and their uh, writing partner, Philip O'Boyens, based on the novels written by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, so our, our last intro here from the IMDb uh, intro is Gandalf and Aragorn lead the world of men against Sauron's army to draw his gaze from Frodo and Sam as they approach Mount Doom with the One Ring. Pretty, pretty straightforward. I mean, I can't. Although imagine. it cuts out like the first two thirds of the movie. Like that's like, <laughs> that's like the, the two and a half hour mark when that starts happening. Like, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Gandalf and there's a lot going on and Gandalf and Aragorn lead the world of men. Like it's a very yeah. blanket statement, but there's a lot going on in that. But uh, so. and technically Frodo and Sam have been approaching Mount Doom since the fellowship. <laughs> so since he walked outside of his door, <laughs> yeah, walked since out my doom, or walked stepped out the on the road and uh... I'm approaching Mount Doom now. <laughs> Lori, what did you love about this movie? I love all the endings. I think uh, most of the you know series out there that have do a bad job of tying up loose ends could learn a lot from basically J.R. Tolkien because he was just a phenomenal writer, but he doesn't really leave a whole lot hanging. You pretty much know what happens to everybody. And then the great thing is that you have appendices. If you really want to know like the final, final ending of every member of the fellowship. What, like, what you, Gimli drank and ate on the third Thursday of the month. No, but you find <laughs> out that like Legolas and Gimli go back and see the glittering caves and they go back and visit Fanghorn Forest. And they go like, you can find out all of that stuff and then find out when they like got in their boat to sail into the West. Like you get... You get all of it. And and I just love that even though they cut out some of the endings in the movie, you got most of the endings in the movie and it just ties a really good bow on it. So that I love that. I also love Pippin's song mm. when he's singing while Faramir is like writing to Osgiliath to try and charge the oncoming onslaught of army. And it's just like, I'm not a crier, but that scene gets a little dusty in my house. The Denethor chewing the tomatoes ruins that scene for me. So I don't, I don't, I don't That's, get dusty. See that, that at least breaks up like the, maybe I'm going to cry. Nope. Nope. There's the squirting tomato. I'm good. Yeah. So, but it is after he finishes singing. Yeah. Technically like right at the, the end. end of the song. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then of course, you know, I love all the fight scenes and, you know, Legolas taking down an Oliphant and, and the continuation of the, uh, of the scorekeeping between, 
Gimli and Legolas. I think there's there's a whole lot that I love, but those are probably my my most favorite parts of the movie or things about the movie. Uh, the best and the worst thing about this movie are actually the same thing for me. Uh, there's so much that happens, and it's so long. Like yeah. it, it, this one just wears. Like, sorry, it we're does. already gonna start fighting. You love all the endings. I'm gonna have major, major quibbles with all of the endings because there's too many of them. Um, I like, I, I do agree. I like having things wrapped up. I like knowing what happens. I'm good with that. But we could do this a little more smoothly and not make everyone in the theater stand up and sit down 14 times. Because uh, like, oh, it's up. Nope, it's not. Oh, okay. Um, I really got to pee. <laughs> right? It's been four hours. <laughs> but part of the reason why you put up with all those endings, even though I'm complaining about them, is because they are really good endings. Uh, and it is just a really good end to the story. It does do a good job of resolving things. Um, I love how the characters develop and like you see them kind of step into these roles and these accept who they are and, and things like that. Like that's really cool to see. And of course the battles are awesome. The, the Oliphant scene is, is amazing because who doesn't want to watch an elf slide down the trunk of a dying Oliphant that he just shot in the head. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, retroactively um, make fun of myself for uh, putting this scene in two towers. Uh, I just realized it as I was preparing to record this one. I was like, oh, I talked about that last time. Oh, no. I, I, I talked about Legolas, like just dissing everybody in the drinking game <laughs> and uh, Gimli, uh, like losing his mind. We had just finished watching Return of the King and I transposed that into two towers. So, That'll be fun. But uh, uh, so that's that's one of my favorite things that I love about this movie. Uh, that's an extended edition um, uh, scene. So if anybody's like, what are you talking about? That's one of the reasons to watch uh, the extended edition. Um, and then uh, a very I like to use these for things that wouldn't fit the categories necessarily. But the look that Mary gives the Helm's Deep victors. So like we have. Legolas and Aragorn and Gimli and Aomer and Gandalf all come kind of riding in and Theoden on their horses. And it's like Isengard is like flooded again. And they're sitting there. Um, like they've found Saruman's uh, store, uh, storehouse, and they're smoking pipe weed and eating ham and vegetables and having a great time. And Mary just gives this, like, how do you do? Like, almost like this like sarcastic bow at them and it just makes me giggle every single time so uh that's one of the things that i love about this movie so all right let's uh move on to a favorite scene let's go with buyers uh since we had laurie go first uh the first two times i love when sam shows up to fight the spider there's lots of really good uh sam frodo Gollum stuff in this movie but a lot of it's super short it's like just this little bit and then we jump Mm -hmm. back but like so I was like trying to pick, all right, what's like the best moment. And when, when Sam comes back and shows up with the light and chases off the spider, um, it's, it's awesome. It's an enjoyable, enjoyable little moment. All right. Uh, Lori, what do you have? I've got, uh, I also had the Shelob fight was one of mine. Uh, just seeing Sam starting to come into his own and be a gardener. And so just the Fighting off a gigantic spider, like kudos to him. That's why I got married, so Troy could kill spiders for me. I used to be able to kill my own, but now I'm a big giant baby and 
So Troy's my, my uh, spider knight. Uh, and then also when he, the whole fight scene with the orcs at, at Kirith Ungle, when, or yeah. Sirith Ungle, however you say it. Um, and Sam is kind of coming through and just seeing that like all the orcs are dead, but he's kind of like coming into his own. And then he comes across a couple that are alive and like psychs himself up and like is going to take on these orcs. Like he's not afraid. I mean, he's afraid, but he's facing that courage and he's manning up and he's going to save Mr. Frodo because that's Bob. Mm-hmm. And, and so just that whole, you know, sequence is one of my favorites as well. I've got both of those. So we're, we're kind of knocking these off. Uh, I, I'm going to go back to the, uh, the beginning of the movie. I really like the victory celebration in the golden hall. There's a lot of dour moments in Lord of the Rings. And I think that them taking the, like, the the time to celebrate and have like some fun and some of these victories and they did some a little bit of uh of exposition where uh Aragorn and Gandalf are talking about like the things to come and how they're going to to set a uh, set out on their uh their plan you know like this is a, this is just a a small victory uh the the big battles the next one you know but I really liked that one because it gave them an opportunity to uh, uh, to to have some some comedy, just like I said uh, at the beginning with uh, what I love about this movie. The uh, it's of course the 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 scene where they have the the drinking game and they're kind of going back and forth. So you mentioned Pippin's song earlier, which which is a really cool scene. I make jokes about the tomato, but it is. But I I really it's weird to say I like the part before that, but. I always have to watch the part where where Denethor and uh, Faramir kind of have it out a little bit, and Faramir drops the like, "You wish I was the one that was dead," and it's like gut wrenching and terrible. But I I don't know. So I I don't like the scene, but I like the scene. Like it's it's mm-hmm. really important. Um, like I I always make sure I'm not going to miss this part, even though I hate that part that kind of leads up to that whole moment where he rides out knowing that he's probably going to die but I like the, I like the lead up to that as well. So yeah. Which, which gives the song like it's our too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 I've got uh the battle at the black gates, which, you know, is we're probably going to talk about a lot in a lot of places <laughs> because it's, I mean, it's, it's on the movie poster, you know, <laughs> it's, it's the scene. Um, it's kind of at the climax of this whole story that we've just sat 12 hours, 15 hours. I don't know how, how deep we are into, uh, <laughs> into the time on this yet, but you know, if you're doing a marathon, you're well, well into the early evening yeah, uh, on you, your, your marathon. You're at about 12. Yeah. You're but invested. it's still, it's still so shockingly good, even though you've seen so much already. It's just fantastic. And that, that scene is way, way, way cooler in the extended edition where Mm -hmm. where Legolas they come out and have the chat and and Legolas chops the dude's head off and then (laughs) is it Gimli or somebody goes I guess that's the end of negotiations like (laughs) way better in the extended one yeah yeah even though it is played up very weird um it's it it's a I thought it was a cool addition um, from the book, even though I'm not a book person. I think that it it adds a little bit more to the story, you know. So, and I've got uh, 
It's me again, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. I've got Gandalf and Pippin speaking on the edge of the Battle of Minas Tirith. There's two different scenes. And so I'm going to go with the first one because the other one is kind of at the end where they're kind of facing like certain death, uh, but just kind of on the, the precipice of uh, the battle starting and they see Sirith Ungol like mm-hmm. uh, in the signal and, and everything that goes along with that. And they just have a really cool uh, talk with each other. Uh, at that point I mean you know Gandalf likes to call him a fool of a took but like the, the respect that he still has for him and like like their their difficult conversations or or some of the the better writing um, or at least because there's just so much action like it's it's good downtime before you you go into the battles yeah I feel like that there's a lot of that and I'll, I'll talk about it later a lot of those discussions between Gandalf and Pippin are a lot of the exposition and the growth and the character development mm-hmm. beyond, yeah. you know, the, the action and the fighting stuff. It's, that's where the, the heart is mm-hmm. throughout most of this movie is those discussions between Andoff, Gandalf and Pippin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super small little scene in the midst of the battle uh, when they, when they start chucking the rocks at the orcs <laughs> as they, as the army approaches and stuff and the orc commander <laughs> just stares it down and watches it come and then steps to the side (laughs) and then spits on it. it. Like, I love it. (laughs) It's like this giant dramatic, like, it's awesome. I I love that scene. I have to have to make sure I catch that one every time. I had one more kind of little one at the very, not at the very end, at one of the endings (laughs) when uh, they, they just crowned uh, the king. Elisar, now that they've changed his name from Aragorn to King Elisar, and he goes up to the hobbits and they go to bow to him and he says, you know, my friends, you bow to no one. And like, it's just this serious, it's a really cool shot. It's a really cool thing. I love the scene in general, but my favorite part of the scene is everybody's so serious. And then Pippin just has this yes. stupid grinning like an idiot face. And it's just so perfect. And just, I love it. I literally have Pippin's face written down in my notes for that scene too. It's, it is, it's fantastic. Yeah, I have Pippin grinning like an idiot. Everybody else is like somber and serious, and he's like, he's like, yeah, oh look, right. they're finally bowing like they should. That's right. Right. Like he's like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Love it. I've got the opening of the battle uh, at Minas Tirith. We just talked about where like these battle scenes are so long, and you kind of go back and forth between. Uh, the two you go back and forth between uh several several scenes so i'll say the opening of the battle at minister when the fell beasts and the witch king show up i just think that that's probably like one of the cooler looking i mean you get a lot of bird's eye view from the light of the sweeping in uh shots and then the, the cool scene where uh the witch king comes in and uh annihilates uh gandalf's staff the, the moment Rohan shows up, I mean, right right there mm-hmm. next years, like, I love that scene. I, I had never, I watched with subtitles, and I never picked up on what they're yelling before. Like, yeah. they're just screaming death over and yeah. over. Like, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. And it's just a cool scene, a cool look. Um, I'll probably talk about it more in iconic or uh, in uh, cinematography stuff. But the, the way they film, like, the point of that, you know, just coming towards the orcs. And, like, they're just so surprised. Like, yeah. oh, they're really going to do this? That it bowls them over. So, yeah, I moved cool that. That was one of my last movements was moving that out of this into the 
uh, the the cinematography one. I just uh, like it so much. I'm going to talk about it like four times. So I have it in every <laughs> single category almost. So I had to take it out of this one. I was like, okay. I, none of us mentioned it, but I mean, two out of three of us already mentioned the Legolas taking down the Oliphant is really cool too. That's by true. the way, it's, I had that one in here as well and moved it to, to, to cinematography because it's not quite a scene. They do a much better job with him getting on the Oliphant and doing everything than they did him getting on that horse <laughs> last movie. So. <laughs> He didn't jump opposite side and swing. <laughs> he well, he, he learned how did, to turn but... since that movie. He doesn't yeah, have to swing true. out into the other lane to make his, his turn anymore. <laughs> he can just go straight. Uh, I have Aon and Theoden's farewell uh, on the battlefield. Um, I, I just felt like that one was just a really cool uh, scene and just her uh, showing him like, hey, I was strong enough to fight and him knowing the entire time, like I knew, but like I was just trying to protect you, but you're going to be a, a great leader. And then, of course, the Black Gate uh, that we talked about before, and then Mount Doom. Uh, I know that Mount Doom kind of happens very quickly, and it's uh, it's probably not something like needed to happen quickly by that point though like, yeah you're, you're, you're like, so I'm that like you couldn't you can draw that one out yeah we're done and in the extended edition it seems like it takes an eternity for them to get to mount dune and then they're like oh okay and we're gonna wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> golem's just gonna jump on back bite the ring off of his finger and then <laughs> We're going to go. Yeah. It's that moment when the preacher realizes he's been going too long and he still has two more points to make. So he just rushes right through them, like just knocks those <laughs> out of them, skips all his extra stuff. And right. just a... so for the people that are writing notes down, I'm going to write, I'm going to say the next two points, but I'm not going to get going to blaze that. through those ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What, a, what do we, what do we have for the, our favorites? Buyers, you go first. Ooh. Um, I think I think when Rohan shows up to the battle and charges in, I really love that part. Um, especially after adding in the whole like death thing, like they are expecting to die, but they're still going to mm -hmm. ride in, and so that just makes it even cooler that they're willing to do that. So, I think mine's probably battle at the Black Gates, and I know it's kind of cheating because it's like an eternity long and it's interspliced with a bunch of other things but it's not that there's long so much compared good to stuff. The Pelinor, if you said pelinor fields then i'd okay, be yeah. like okay that's too much <laughs> yeah no the <laughs> black not, gate battle is nothing compared to the one before it so yeah but i just think that that climax of everything it's just it's well done it's my favorite i'm gonna go i know it's probably cheesy but uh mountain doom i think just kind of the like the encapsulation of everything like you were talking about right. with the black gate it's the other of, side it's of the, the other side of that where like Frodo and Sam are just I mean he takes him up there and he's just exhausted it's I don't want to step on one of my quotes but it's just such a good picture of like it's almost like the audience feeling the same way as Sam is that he's just like all right we just have to get this done you know like <laughs> let's just get this done and get it over with you know and so uh, yeah I just thought that it was a it was a fitting destination and everything's just kind of muddy and messy on that side, you know, where it's just not what you ex expect it to be. You know, you, uh, you expect it to just kind of go down pretty, pretty simply and easily. And of course, Gollum's not going to let that happen. He needs to come flying off the top rope one last time. Well, and neither is Frodo. <laughs> Literally, and neither no. is Frodo. Right. So let's uh, move on to uh, Drax award uh, for best quote. 
Um, if you haven't figured it out by now, we love this movie incredibly too much and we want to just quote it all day long so i say we just go rapid fire you need to say who it is and then your quote and then we just keep it moving so we'll go Lori virus and me right run shadow facts show us the meaning of haste that would be gandalf <laughs> uh gollum orcs don't taste very nice <laughs> i've got gollum and take it for me <laughs> Share the load. That's uh, Samwise Gamgee. You have to have the echo in there. Load, 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 <laughs> yeah, the, the slow-mo and the sound effects really, uh, we definitely quote that one a lot. Yeah. Aragorn runs in and goes, Gondor calls for aid. And there's this like very dramatic pause. And then Theoden comes through and Rohan will answer. Um, that's, a, that's a great little moment. Great line. I love that one as well. Uh, that was literally the next one I had. So, uh, Gimli, horseman, huh? Uh, I wish I could muster an army of dwarves fully armed and filthy. <laughs> All right. So I've got another Sam one. Don't go where I can't follow. And that's when he's talking to Frodo when he thinks Frodo's dead and he's crying over his body. Um. Great exchange with Sam and Gollum. Gollum's sneaking around. Sam wakes up and like starts accusing him. And he, he fires back like, hey, I wasn't doing anything. And, and so Sam finally goes, well, what were you doing? And Gollum looks at him and goes, sneaking. <laughs> I've got uh, another one from Eowyn. He has just as much reason to go to war as you do. Why can he not fight for those he loves? Uh, talking about Mary uh, just harkens back to... Uh, the famous uh, Bible verse that everyone loves to quote right around Veterans Day. Um, I've got a, a one word one and it's one buyers already said when Rohan is chanting death. It's just my favorite, just death. They're like, let's do this. Like they don't care. <laughs> they give they, zero farts and it's my favorite. They're talking to Aragorn. I forget who it is. Uh, I think it's, uh, I don't remember. Uh, put aside the ranger, become who you were born to be. Like, it's Elrond. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought, and then I yeah, hesitated. The, yeah, in the uh, tent, whenever mm-hmm. he gives he him gives him the yeah. sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Gollum sing. It's a sing-song voice. Um, he says, "Poor little fly, caught in a web. Soon you'll be eaten." <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, it's supposed to be like, dead and they like, don't do right that. they don't so, do that like it, it like it's just that's like a kid move like, right the mm-hmm. rhyme is right there the no, rhyme just, is just you just go the other way <laughs> dare for you to do it yeah all right i got a i got a gimli zinger the certainty of death small chance of success well, what are we waiting for <laughs> that one too love it um i have a legolas um coming through when they're about to ride off to go find the ghosts. Uh, have you learned nothing of the stubbornness of dwarves? This is um, one of, of five lines that he has in this movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, he's not he's not winning this one. He'd already broken out. He's just hanging. <laughs> he'd already out. broken out. He's just he's just there to be the eye candy and kill Olafons. So yeah. yeah, maybe they had to pay him by a word. <laughs> Stand there and look pretty legless. <laughs> All right, uh, I've got Sam to Shelob. Uh, let him go, you filth. Like that's just a, a really good, really good uh, 
cut down that uh, I can't believe. Uh, All right, I got my girl power one when uh, she's having the exchange with the Witch King. And, you know, the Witch King says, no man can kill me, die now. And she responds, I am no man. It's fair. Oh, I didn't want to steal. I had it on there, but I was oh, like, don't you still? I had it too, power. but I didn't want to yeah. say that out loud. So yeah. I'm glad you did that one. So. Yeah. Um, it's in the extended, I think, uh, when they go to find the uh, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, go to find the ships. They come out and see the ships, which we'll get to later. How much I appreciated actually seeing that. But they say something to him, and the guy on the boat goes, "You and what army?" Like the classic, like yeah, you and what army? And they're like, "This army." And then the ghosts just come out and take over the ship, and it's it's awesome. Going back to Sirithungal uh, or Kirithungal, you've got me like completely like yeah, turned know. around on that. By by the way, now and nobody where, else knows what those words mean anyway. So you're yeah. okay. Where Sam says. That's for Frodo, and that's for the Shire, and that's for my old gaffer. Uh, I had to figure out what my old gaffer meant after we had watched the movie, and that's his, his dad. Yeah, <laughs> his dad was called the old gaffer. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like the village idiot, I think. <laughs> All right, I have another one-word one when they're chanting "Gron," which was the name of the. The, the battering ram battering ram like it just Gron. it's so creepy Gron. i don't know why it just yeah where they're like slowly like quietly chanting it and then it like gets louder and louder as it finally breaks down you know the unbreachable gates of minus tira so, and i know that we've mentioned this every single time but they're very they do a really great job at these uh, dual disc um, extended editions that was where the two discs split in mm-hmm. Return of the King. And it was just a very cool way of cutting it because it was like, it was just like this, you would see the, cause of course you it's like it this swinging from the outside, outside and then it cuts and then it starts the new one with the nose breaking through the gates. Yeah, Like nice. it's like you're on the other side. Yeah. Cause you're on the other disc. Should have just split the movie there and then brought us back <laughs> in 2004. Oh. Right. <laughs> um, uh, Sam to Frodo can't go walking through Mordor and nothing but your skin. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole uh, the whole big speech at the Black Gates by Aragorn is another one of my uh, favorites. But I'll just do the ending, you know. Or the but it is not this day. That was uh, one of the better ones. Of course, that one started with the "Let the Lord of the Dark Land come forth." <laughs> Which is not one of my favorite quotes, but it's fun to say. <laughs> I don't know why Viggo Mortensen said that in such a oh. weird, like, random accent out of nowhere. I'm well, saying that every time I knock on your door from now on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like in the middle of it, he 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 goes into that weird voice too, where he goes, "Oh, what did he say? Uh, that would take the heart of me, or something <laughs> like that." And so you're just like, what? Like, how, what is that voice? Yeah, like how many takes did Peter Jackson get to get this, and then he chose that <laughs> and then one. He picked that one. Yeah, yeah. like I guarantee you that Aragorn <laughs> didn't didn't say that in like ninety percent of those takes. Yeah. So. Sorry, I totally jumped out of line. It's all good. It's your turn, Troy. Um, 
one of the better ones that I'm surprised hasn't been taken yet, where Gimli says, never thought I would die side by side with an elf. And Legolas says, what about side by side with a friend? And Gimli says, I, I could do that. You alluded to this one earlier. Troy did, I think. Um, but it's Sam to, to Frodo. Uh, I can't carry it for you, but I can mm-hmm. carry you. Yep. Um, and he charges up the mountain with him over his shoulder. So it's awesome. Yeah, and then I've got kind of, all at that same time, I think all those quotes were kind of in order mm-hmm. back to the black gates uh, when they're about to charge into what they think is certain death. Again, there's a lot of like certainty of death in this movie. It's the end of the world. Right. So they're, they're charging into Mordor with hopelessly outnumbered men and they say for Frodo and then the, like the hobbits aren't like, they're the ones who jump out there first and they scream for Frodo, like, they're mighty warriors and they're these tiny little like ding 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 <laughs> it's just i love it uh all right now now the hard part what's your favorite Ooh. going with share the load because <laughs> we say that a lot i think that's the one you quote the most. share the load <laughs> i i think i gotta go with i can't carry it for you but i can't carry you yeah i i think that's that's my favorite one as well it just shows like sam sam why's the brave Coming in strong again. I really like that one. Yeah. Okay. My my friends, you better know one was up there too. Um, yeah. It you really mentioned is, earlier in scenes. Yeah. There's a lot of good. I mean, I really love for Frodo and like the way that he like looks back, like almost like directly into the camera. Like mm-hmm. it's like he's like almost breaking like the fourth wall. Like, all right, everybody, this is for Still Frodo. Time, like, yeah. 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 So yeah. All right. Um, so now we've got recognize my face. <laughs> which has been the bane of my existence uh, throughout. We're renaming this one to I Know Your Face. I Know Your Face. <laughs> to throw in another uh, Theoden quote, right? There you go, yeah. We should have done that for all three of the podcasts. That would have been, that would have been fantastic. Right. We need to go we fix don't, that in post. We, we don't have a high-pitched, squealy recording of your dad saying I That's Know true. Your Face, though. So uh, it's not as <laughs> and much fun. We probably get and in, you can't use yeah, the, we probably the get Theoden in trouble. Yeah. I Know Your Face. Know. All right, so we, we actually have anybody for this. I've got a couple, but... I think we've already talked about one of them. We talked about Theoden last time, so I kind of put him in here, but I still don't really believe it because he's not got anything other than the Titanic. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. I had Brett McKenzie here, but we talked about that last time because I think he played an elf escort to Arwen right. and, it, and he was one of the elves in the very first mm-hmm. one. So he kind of had two roles there. Yeah. Um, I put Peter Jackson here because even the like because I was just struggling so much because he made his third appearance in these movies where he threw himself in like Hitchcock and was just kind of well. And this one was the most obvious. Yeah, because he just gets and it. he he has a line right. He's the he's one of the guys. Uh, he might not say the you and what army, but I think he says something like no. He says that. something like that. Well, because he's on the on he's, the ships that the ships sail up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he, he actually has a line and you notice him. And by this point in the production, like we've actually seen Peter Jackson a lot in interviews and stuff. So you mm-hmm. recognize him, I think, for the first time in this movie. And then you see him when you rewatch all the old ones because you know what he looks like. But you, di- you didn't yeah. notice him in Fellowship because you didn't know who he was yet. Right. You didn't really notice him in Two Towers, a little more hidden. But this one, you're like, that's Peter Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Robbins who plays Deagle 
like Deagle, Smeagol, beginning mm-hmm. that, that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually Gollum's hand in Fellowship when it showed like just the hand while they're telling the story about the ring, like scraping the mm-hmm. ring off the bottom mm-hmm. of the water. That's actually Thomas Robin's hand, not Andy Serkis's. Uh, and then he plays young Thrain in The Hobbit. Hmm. Um, when they have like a flashback or something. So he's one of those. He just shows up in a bunch of uh, Peter Jackson, Middle Earth stuff and has like no other. Everything else on his IMBD is like producers and directors. This is like he just jumps into these yeah. a few times because, um, yeah, there was nothing for this one. So it was like big time reaching. Yeah, I had one other guy that I don't know if it counts because I didn't notice him. But when I looked at his IMDb, there were lots of things. Um his name is Shane Rangy, Rangi. I don't know how to pronounce it, but he was one of the Herod leaders that was leading one of the elephants. And he was also um, Taros in Chronicles of Narnia. And he, he was, he's the Lake Town Man in The Hobbit. He was in a bunch of other Peter Jackson ones like Mortal Engines and a few other things. And he's just, always like the henchman or the bad guy and he looks vaguely familiar but i don't think i probably would have noticed it if i hadn't been digging through imdb yeah i put john noble on there um he's denethor um he was on fringe which is like a long it was like a it ran for about five years like a fox uh, sci-fi show and a couple of other things he was on um DC's Legends of Tomorrow and a couple of different things, but I'm, my my heart wasn't in it. I felt like I had to put somebody in there. Yeah, I had <laughs> him. Down. He was in, he was in twenty four. Yeah, Paul Norell, who plays King of the Dead, was on two different uh, versions of Power Rangers at one point. So I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I recognize that face somewhere in there. Just, I right. think Peter Jackson wins after you guys brought him up. I like it. Good. Because I don't know who I would actually... Because <laughs> everybody else on this was just like, this is junk. There's nothing left. We're on the third right. movie with like the same major parts of the cast. I don't have anybody right. new to to add in here. So All right. So let's move on to uh, who beefed. We've talked about whether it holds up or not a lot in these or, or throughout these. I think that Return of the King is probably the cleanest of all of these because it's just they've kind of mastered what they were doing by the end of it instead of kicking these movies out you know like Lori said I mean even at the end where you know that the hobbits are definitely green screening it up on that last one it still looks probably the best of all of those of of, of all those scenes I mean man like the battle at Pelennor Fields and even though you know some of the movie magic that goes behind like they had like what was it like 300 horses for the Rohirrim in that last shot? And then mm-hmm. they just CGI the mess out of all of them. And so, and it just well, still and looks duplicated their like actual, actual yeah. you know, they, they had the horses run multiple times and just overlaid all of the horses. So it's actual film, mm-hmm. but they computer like, you know, spliced them all together so that it was one long line rather than it just being 300 horses. Yeah. They did a lot of really cool stuff and it looks good still yeah even the some of the there's there's a cgi shot with uh, eowyn and mary where she picks him up like when they're at the camp and kind of throws him up there and he goes my lady or something like that that one's probably i have one of those like little nitnoids like every single time but i mean 
it's still like the amount of shots that they have in these movies and that you can pick out just one or maybe two of them the entire time. Shelob is just still like, like a technical marvel. Oh, man. Right. Yes. The stuff of nightmares. Yeah. That too. So what about least favorite scene? Ooh. See, I have like an entire page of like questions <laughs> and quibbles and what the heck is going on with this one and that one. Um, let me, let me, I mean, my least favorite scene is the jumping on the bed scene. I mean, that's, that's just a no brainer. Okay. It's brutal. Yeah, we all have giggles I, I, and pillow yeah. fights. I, I, the, like I, I, uncontrollable I, I, laughter and like, yeah. what are they talking about? Especially, I love the moment where I can't remember if it's Mary or Pippin, like it's bouncing and then like falls over on the bed. Like does this, like he's reenacting something, <laughs> except you can't hear what he's saying. So it just, it's, oh, it's rough. And then, well, and then Gandalf just like creepy watching, laughing, like <laughs> slow-mo through the whole thing. And then everybody just keeps walking in and doing that too. Like Gimli and Legolas. And then Sam just comes to the door and they have, it, it's. Yeah. It's Giggles and look. pillow fights. Just it's not a good book. That's the worst scene. I mean, yeah, just is. There's other stuff I have. I have questions and quibbles about logistics and how something's supposed to work. But as far yeah. as just a, what the heck? That's that's about it, especially after the extended edition. Uh, without the extended edition, I had a few more like, how did we do that? Um, like the going to meet the King of the Dead and, and these ghosts. Mm -hmm. And then in the regular edition, you don't even get their answer. Like it ends with with him holding up the sword and saying, will you fight for us and leaves you hanging. Right. And then it, you don't see them again until they get off the boat. Yeah. Atman is like to to join the battle and you're like wait what happened how did we get here how did we get on these boats where did we find these like <laughs> when i think on in that same vein um denethor's madness like how he like lost his mind and was burning his son like it really didn't explain any of that either <laughs> and it was just like oh he's crazy now i mean he was always a little like off but not like yeah homicidal maniac but then all of a sudden he's like i'm gonna murder my son that i was just sad was dead but now he's not dead so i'm gonna kill him like and how does nobody but pippin notice he's not dead like none of those other soldiers can go like oh look he's breathing <laughs> um yeah actually, i think yeah they didn't explain that whole scene very well and even in the extended editions like right. they make they, 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 they make a very like veiled reference to like the palantir and like the saying right. stone that he, had a like, seeing that stone. he had a seeing stone and that just like sauron had warped sauron's mind he had eventually done that with denethor too it wasn't as easy to do with denethor because he had some of the you know blood of numenor in him rather than sauron but and because i don't think he used the seeing stone as much as sauron did but still, you know, he made him go crazy by showing him awful, awful things and showing his city they, they were going to lose. And, and so he was hopeless and suicidal, not. Yeah. So one of my uh, least favorite scenes, uh, Byers ref, uh, made reference to this earlier, but Denethor eating any kind of food. Oh my gosh. Uh, like anytime anybody like does like the, the cherry tomato where it kind of like dribbles out their side we're like what's up denethor what are you doing over there like you know yeah <laughs> there's never a reason for close-up shots of someone chewing anything okay <laughs> anything i don't speaking, i don't know speaking of that that's my other one is when uh 
when they have this the close up, it's like as they were showing a golem's descent into madness. Okay, they had that the the, the biting the fish. Like <laughs> yeah, that oh, one's gross too. Oh, at least that one served a purpose. Fuel. Like yeah. like you're supposed to be grossed out by that. Like that's that's the point there. Like why are we zooming in on Denethor's mouth while his son's dying? I don't I don't get it. Any other least favorite scenes? What I about? do, but it's ones that I want to edit out. Oh, so okay. Yeah, that's, let's move edit. to the edit one. They, they kind of are one and the same. Sometimes it's like you don't want to take it out. Yeah, uh, I just want to fix some of them, or I just need some questions yeah. answered. Like, explain how this works to me. Yeah. Um, right. How does Fire. no one notice Eowyn and Mary? Well, in the book, I can, I can answer that. They are ignoring her they know it's her but it's like her company of men that she's traveling with that are loyal to her and so they're just kind of intentionally hiding her from the king and her brother so they know it's her and they know it's mary but but they're she's like she like hides her face at one point like looks away and yet there's a hobbit sitting right here in front of her like you're gonna turn your face away because they might notice that but they're not gonna notice who brought the, the baby to the to the fight right <laughs> but he's wearing his lothlorian cloak so he's invisible just like frodo no, was no, when no, he fell no, off the no no he's, he's rocking the armor now he is rocking the armor of maria 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 no he has his cloak over the armor because that's how uh, Pippin finds, finds him, him later him. when he, he doesn't did. have it over his so, face. Oh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he would just look like a stone on top of a horse. Because <laughs> you can't see when you're two feet away from him. <laughs> I know that's not how that works, but uh, these are the jokes. All right. <laughs> I don't write them, they just pop into my head. What else do you got, Byers? Um, well, I almost asked earlier the, the Denethor fire burning, say, like, suicide scene i don't get the logistics of getting kicked <laughs> of a horse jumping up in the air kicking down at you and you fly up like like, like what 100 percent. i just want to know how he ran for like a mile while he was on fire well, that's there's that I too but, <laughs> like, at that but point why? i've given up all logic um that that same courtyard holds like five thousand people in like a few more scenes, but I, somehow I, on fire he runs from out of a building all the way down that incredible. Why does he run all fire. the way to the end? I'm turning like as soon as I get outside and jumping over the side there, like just. Well, that's there's a pool with. of water with the tree in it, like right there. <laughs> like you missed the water. Hey, Even after you, snow to put after you in the try, water you try to set your own son on fire because you think he's dead, but he's not dead. There's no coming back from that anyway. Yeah, so you yeah. just need to be done. Yeah, you're not thinking clearly. Yeah. Uh, I had the army of the dead uh, nonsense where the skulls just come pouring out. Like, I felt like it does do a good job, a better job of, than the theatrical version. But it's just like, why don't, why don't you just cut it there again? You know, like, and then have them come out on the other side, and just this adding suspense for the for the for the sake of like we we know that these dudes aren't going to die like in a avalanche of skulls. Like, let's well, just that is, get that on is with one it. of my like the book is always better quibbles. Like, that's just not how it goes. Like, there's not all this manufactured drama in the paths of the dead. It's like Aragorn goes in there and it's like, hey, are you going to fight for me? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool, let's go. There's not like ceilings falling in and skulls shooting out of walls and whatever. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's creepy and they don't want to go in because, you know, there's dead guys in there, but 
Uh, yeah, I don't know why the movie magic had to make it so weird. All right, well, my my biggest, like this scene has to go or get edited or fixed in some way. This is also at the Aragorn coronation thing when he like tongue kisses Arwen. Like that movie, like that screen kiss is like, it's so disgusting. I feel personally violated by that scene and it just needs to be fixed. It doesn't help that Viggo Mortensen is like 800 years old and Liv Tyler is like 12, but it's just, just that whole, like, I'm just not okay with it. It makes me very uncomfortable. It's, it's, you know, the worst moment of doing a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know where to look. You're the minister and you're right there. You know there's about to be a thousand (laughs) pictures and it's like, I don't want to watch them kiss from three inches away right here where I am. Uh, but I don't want to be like obviously staring at the ceiling while it happens or something. You know, I mean, some weddings okay. I can pull off the ceiling stare and they'll just think it's funny, but some people won't. Yeah. And yeah, you feel like that during that kiss. Like yes. I don't want to be this close to you while you do this, please. Um, yeah. I'd rather be looking away. I, I want to go somewhere else. Uh, I, I felt like some of the siege of Gondor uh, just kind of goes on and on. I felt like they revisited that a couple too many times. I get it. It's huge. It's supposed to be kind of the battle to end all battles. Uh, but like Fire said at the very beginning, it's like a, it's a four and a half hour movie. Like, and I, I love all of the stuff in this. So, but I think just for the pa- pacing purposes, at a certain point, you just kind of, I got it. Let's move on. So, I mean, look, when we started the podcast, we made a list of movies we wanted to do for this thing. It is a ridiculously long list. We love all of them. We would talk about all of them for hours on end, but we had to make a decision and only do one at a time. Like you have to make some tough decisions, Peter Jackson. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Any other edits? That's my edits. I just have questions. I think, I think are all that's left. All right. Do you want to do those before or after plot holes and quibbles? I, that's where they would fall in. Like they're plot hole kind of questions for me. Like, like how is Gollum still alive after, after he gets chucked off the side of the mountain and then he just shows back up at the end? He doesn't get chucked off the mountain in the, in the book. No, but in the movie he does. He gets like Sam beats him up and sends him away, and and I think they do like they think he fell, but they. You know, they can't see the bottom. They can't see. And I think it it actually happened on the stairs right before Shelob's uh, lair. No, he's talking like the second time, like right outside of Mount Doom. No, no, no. No, after it's like after Shelob. Right after Shelob's lair. Like Uh Shelob gets, Frodo gets away from Shelob temporarily. Mm -hmm. And then Gollum shows up and they start fighting. And Frodo does the whole like stereotypical, like, oh, you're on top of me. And I kick you over my head. And yeah. Like I'm on my back and I flip you over and you go flying off the side of the mountain. And like, you just see him fall through the haze and the clouds. You don't see him land. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he just shows up again. He's somehow ahead of them at Mount doom. Like, I'm just like, where was Gollum this whole time? Like he just waited. I don't think, I don't think that attack after she loves lair happens in, in the movie. Or in the book, it happens in the movie. It doesn't happen in the book. No, I think Gollum abandons them. <laughs> abandons them. I just told she- you it happens in the movie. <laughs> he and Shelob have an agreement, and so Shelob never eats Gollum because Gollum brings her tasty treats and is like his, her gopher to like lure the orcs and things in. And so he brings a present of Sam and Frodo for her to eat. And so 
he gets away while Shelob is playing with them and he thinks that they're eaten and he's waiting for the bones at the end to get uh, the ring back, but he's basically just staying out of the way. So when Frodo makes it all the way through at that point, I don't think, I can't remember exactly. It's been a while since I read it, but I don't think they see Gollum again because Gollum knows if they find him, they're going to kill him. And so he's just sneaking around following behind and he knows Mordor because he's been there. And so he, so that's his he knows where they're going. Hurrah. And so yeah. he's there waiting for them while Sam and Frodo are like trucking along, pretending like they're, they're orcs to try and figure out how to get closer to the mountain. I don't even think that whole like attack thing, I'm pretty sure doesn't happen in the book that you just don't see Gollum after he lures them into Shelob's lair. And then you just kind of forget about him because he didn't get what he wanted because they didn't get eaten by Shelob. Yeah. See, that makes sense. But in the movie, we throw him off the side of the cliff and. Nope, still alive because everyone's still alive. Everyone's people still die. Alive. I mean, Frodo's the king. Like I counted at least five times through these movies where <laughs> they try to make you think Frodo's dead. And you know who's not alive? Theoden. Theoden's not alive. This is he true. died. He like died, died. Yeah. But they make you think Eowyn's dead, but she's not. Although I think she kills that Nazgul way too easily. By the way, I don't. The the Witch King thing is that I'm good there, but like. She's like little Mac from uh from Mike Tyson's Punch Out, like one one step to the side and just side jabs and... him, and it's <laughs> over. Like that's the whole fight. Like oh, you off. tried to bite me. I took a step to my left and I chopped your head off. That's how the Nazgul dies. Like that's it. This terrifying <laughs> creature. One no, you shot. Know they they stuck to the air. Yeah, they, should have stayed up there. They, yeah. they don't have a good ground game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a couple. Um, basically, they. They don't do a good okay. job. So let me let you. D- and leap right into uh, just, the book is always better. Yeah, just go, go right. straight into the book is all right. always better. Everybody get ready. I'm going gonna, gonna to open up the, the top of my head and all the crazies coming out. Are you ready? Hold on, I'm getting comfortable. All right. Everybody, everybody else could go take a bathroom break. All right. So they don't develop all of the Aragorn, like becoming king discussion there's no stuff in the background about why aragorn can summon the king of the dead why they respond to the sword that elrond gave him being you know the shards of narsil which was the last oath they made to the king of gondor was on that sword so because he has that sword that's how he summons them and that's how he calls them through and and that they have been in limbo the king of the dead and all of the dead men of the mountains because they broke oath to their last, to the last king of Gondor, so they don't ever get to have rest. They're undead. They're there for eternity until they fulfill their oath, and so the king can summon them, but nobody else can. And that's the only reason why they agree to go to it, to follow him. And then um, at that's the what houses, I, that's, what, that's what I call a fart. By the way, is breaking an oath. <laughs> breaking an oath. Are you oath keeper or oath breaker? <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Uh, houses appealing. <laughs> so, you guys are so immature. Um, houses appealing. The king has the ability to heal. And we saw that a little bit when uh, Frodo got stabbed on Weathertop, that he goes, he tells Sam to get King's foil because that's the, the special herb that the king can use to heal people. And so, 
because Aragorn has not been recognized by the steward of Gondor because Denethor ran for two miles and then jumped flaming off of the top of the gate, um, he can't enter the city until he's invited by the, the steward or else it's basically breaking tradition or he's like a conquering king rather than being welcomed as the king. And so since Faramir is in the houses of healing and needs to be healed, it, for Aragorn to go into the city and heal Faramir and heal Aowen and heal Mary, who's also injured, it's a, a big deal in the book. There's just no, like, they just don't even talk about it in, in the movie at all. It's like, oh, Aragorn's the king and he's in the city and nobody seems to care or isn't like, you know, long live the king or anything. It's just completely overlooked. And then uh, kind of going back to the beginning with Isengard, like it really bothers me that they turn Longbottom Leaf into marijuana. Cause like clearly the hobbits are high and have the munchies when they greet uh, Theoden's party. And I just don't like understand why at this point we've decided that pipe weed means like weed weed. I, like, I think, I think Sauron already busted that on Gandalf when, when he said it was whatever. It's clouding his mind. Clouding his mind. The, the leaf of the halfling's leaf has clouded your mind. So yeah, he thinks. Gandalf's a hippie. I don't know, but like that whole thing, I'm like, why, why did, why did we make, uh, you know, long bottom leaf like 420 time, but that's just one of my quibbles. Um, and then the whole way they handled Sauron's death in the movie is just not at all what happens in the book, but it gets rid of one of the endings. So buyers probably appreciates that they just kill Sauron yes. here rather yep. than have Sauron escaped from Isengard with worm tongue and they end up in the Shire. So at the very, very end, when the hobbits get home to the Shire, like bag end has been dug up. The party tree has been cut down. Like the Shire is on fire and all of the men are like riding herd over all the hobbits and Sam and Frodo and Pippin and Mary have to come home and fight for their own homeland and kick all of the evil men who came from Sauron's, you know, leftovers um, out of their, out of their country, basically. And they have to, the hobbits have to fight for it. And they look to Sam and M Pippin and Mary and Frodo as like the leaders who lead the, the freedom of the Shire. It and was we like don't Tolkien even get had a whole other book he wanted to write. He's a like, hint Ooh, of I'll just for... throw this in here. Like it's, it's rough. <laughs> I do not like the scourging of the Shire. Like, let it be over. Right. Just let it be done. Yeah. So that, that whole thing bothers me. Frodo sending Sam away on the secret stair whenever like Gollum pulls his uh, sneaky thing and makes it look like Sam was the fat kid that ate all the Limbus bread. Um like that whole thing just doesn't happen. I mean, I get that they're trying to show that Frodo's becoming more like Gollum and less like a hobbit, but it's just completely out of character for Frodo. And I think it just, and it's completely out of character for Sam to be like, oh, okay, Frodo said, go away. So I'm going like, I'm, what is he doing? Like walking back to the Shire? What's happening there? Like, it's just dumb. Why are we doing this? Um, and in the book, they go into Shelob's lair together and they kind of fight through that together and don't get separated until, you know, Shelob separates them rather than it being like this dramatic, like girl fight where 
Sam decides, okay, I'm going home then. And Frodo's like, who needs you? So that whole thing just bothered me. And of course I needed more endings. So I really needed the scourging of the Shire and all of the sharky and all of that stuff. I think people would have walked out of Peter Jackson's movie if he (laughs) actually had the scourging of the Shire. I think that they would have walked out. Yeah. I would, I would have certainly turned it off intentionally every time after that in protest. Like, nope, <laughs> into the movie. See you guys later. <laughs> There's already too many endings. It's already bad enough. Don't tack on a whole other, like, battle thing to deal with. So, yeah. Well, and I, I also think it doesn't explain the whole Palantir thing, which they had the opportunity. You see the Palantir, you see Pippin is drawn to it and looks in it, but they don't ever tell you what it is or tell you why he sees the burning eye or any of that. You just kind of are left to figure out, but that goes back, I guess, to the magic. You hear about magic, but they don't ever explain the magic. They don't, you don't see the magic. And that's one of those things you see the magic a little bit, but they don't tell you anything that's happening or why. All right, I'm done. You did good. Yeah. Well done. I thought that was going to be way longer. I thought it was going to be way <laughs> longer with a lot more endings. All right. Just like the movie. Oh, because <laughs> there's, I counted, there's eight times this movie could end, by the way. Eight where you could be like, oh, okay, that was the end. And they just keep going and keep going and keep going. Well, they needed going. a ninth and a tenth in the Shire. Oh. At that point, I mean, it's rough. You, you can do whatever you want. It's rough. Eight. I mean, the first couple would be very unsatisfying, but after a while, it, it, literally, you're watching people in the theater stand up and sit down and stand up <laughs> and sit down. It was rough. All right. Uh, breakout performance and before they were stars. Do you guys have anything for those? I have like comments on this but i don't have any actual nominees me neither i got nothing. one not for before they were stars i got nothing there but for breakout performance i got billy boyd billy boyd yeah i mean his singing his acting all of the discussions with gandalf i really think he was just the fool of a took mm-hmm. in the earlier ones but here he's actually becomes a fully fledged character that we actually understand and know beyond just like the silly like comedic relief Mm. type role that he had in the previous two movies so that's my breakout performance here is i think his acting was phenomenal he did his own singing and it was good he actually wrote that song based on the words from the book um it's a song that they sing elsewhere in the in the book it doesn't happen right there but he wrote the tune and made it up to to fit that and i think that's really stinking cool so billy boy is my nominee going with the they should have broken out but they didn't kind of thought process yeah yeah because I mean, he did he did go on to do he, he did, did master, master and, and commander. commander he's got a pretty good I fell asleep role. during that movie and that which one what master and commander i've never watched the whole thing like the russell crow like I think we ocean yeah i think you started it and we fell asleep <laughs> couldn't do it it was so boring but it was a it was a it was a blockbuster kind of movie right yeah and he yeah. had a pretty big part in it he's also got a pretty decent part in um the outlander series which is on stars he's gone on and done quite a few 
thing since here. I mean, he's nef- definitely not a uh, huge like, breakout. Not, right. It's not Orlando Bloom and Pirates. Right. Yeah, he's right. not a. That's right. Not yeah. like a or Vigo in. Uh... <laughs> you got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's not a leading man. Right. But he, he definitely has some good acting chops and they were on display in this movie and he's gotten i think a lot of the rules after this because of this movie not the first two so much yeah i was surprised that um theoden was kind of my surprise that they didn't go into bigger and better things in the last movie and faramir and aowen aowen has a little bit more to do in this movie or, or at least she's a little bit more central to some of the big parts um mm-hmm. as you mentioned but Faramir does a great job. And I mean, he just extends a lot of what he had already started in Two Towers, but he, he really shines in this movie. And he, he shows up in like Van Helsing as like essentially like Hugh Jackman's like Igor. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. And I'm like, really? That, that's, that's all you got? Like, nobody we need like a, we need an award for this. Like the should have been a star. But yeah. you did nothing. The the Paxton Lynch Award or something. I mean, we we got plenty of athletic <laughs> examples to pick from. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah Faramir was off. definitely that way. Like I like went in. I'm like I'm gonna look up IMDb Faramir because like surely this guy. And I'm like that that's it. There's nothing else here. Like yeah. And Aowen hit on something. She she probably lasted a little bit longer than he did. Um, and, and got a few more chances, um, but not anything super huge, but she was like leading, uh, the leading actress or, or like a supporting actress and a couple of different things that like you, you, you've heard of, you know, but nothing that helped her, her breakout per se. All right. Now the fun begins. We're going to go iconic moment. Not every movie will have one. And we've tried to like not murder this and like <laughs> overreact. But these there's like 17. If there's, if, there's um, a, if there's a movie or a set of movies that I'm going to overreact to and and throw too many at this category, I have four on this one. And I took three out before we started. So I had like seven in here, but uh let's go with uh buyers first. Uh, I mean, the charge of Rohan, I already mentioned. I'd, that I'd was say the number one time. Like, well. yeah. that, especially the aerial shot, like where you see just the point of them headed towards the orcs. Like, it's just really mm-hmm. cool. It's really cool. Yeah. All right. I've got Aragorn charging the Black Gate, like the, the whole looking over, like for Frodo yep. breaking the fourth wall. Like, it's just, yeah. it's a beautiful shot and it's poignant and it's, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. That was my other one. So, yeah, I've got it. I had it together, but it's almost, it's essentially like the same scene. But since we're talking about iconic moment, they're, they're two different moments. But Frodo holding up the ring, like in Mount Doom, about to like let it go, but doesn't. And then, of course, Gollum falling with the ring. Like he's finally got it back in his possession, like as he's like falling into the lava. So, all right. Um, all right. What do what do you guys think? I think I think uh, Rohirrim is probably the one that I love the most because it's like everything that we just talked about all the way up to this point, 
it's the it's the quote right before it uh, right now right now ride to ruin and the world's ending and everybody chanting like death and then he screams uh, fourth Aerolingus and like he does like this like his horse does like this slow trot that's like really cool build up to it and then it starts going out yeah. into it it's just really cool like, it's like the slow clap in the locker room it, it literally <laughs> is it's like hickory like mm-hmm, we're about to get this yeah <laughs> uh that that would be my vote what about you guys mine's the aragorn charge in the black gate yeah it's kind of it's 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 a toss-up man those are both so good yeah yeah i'd I'd probably lean to to the charge of rohan that one's that one's okay awesome all right the emperor palpatine unlimited power award i think i might be wanting to rename this in the future based on my uh on my uh, candidate so but we'll see what we'll be and we'll, we'll go with what you guys think first so because say i've got two you know denethor like i don't think i need to say anything else like just <laughs> all of it <laughs> for your life yeah, like. especially when he's going mad like it's just so like it's just over the top and yeah. unnecessary. It's it's very Saruman esque where you know like what they're trying right. to get at. Like I'll give it that. Like, but it's just like when they're spit flying, like <laughs> <laughs> and when he pours the the oil, the oil and, over and himself, he like makes like... some weird like shivery <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> so like, what is happening? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got, I've got that one. And then uh, there's a moment, like, I think Elijah Wood does a great job of not overacting, but when he, like, when you think he's dead, when yes. she loves stings him, yeah. like, and he like spits, like, why, like, maybe, maybe we should call this the spit award. Like, why is there so much saliva? Why is it necessary in some of these scenes? It's like dribbling out of his mouth and he's yeah. like, Ugh it's like the mask well, when it, like it, it literally when, like they shoot thinking. jim carrey like and he does the <laughs> like it's just it's so like how is this not the jim carrey award how have we right. never thought of that before it's yeah. true yeah jim it's, carrey it's chewing the scenery award yeah after we've watched we watched ace ventura mask and uh liar liar all in succession oh. with Xavier giving him an, a, a, an education yeah. on uh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> I, I should have thought of that. And yeah. Dumb and Dumber. And Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. He thinks Jim Carrey is the best right now. Because like We should not. We should have waited until after middle school. After middle no, school. those go together. <laughs> they, it does. Sixth well, grade. Yeah. It's basically like his version of Ernest, right? We went through the yes. Ernest phase one age. Yeah. So it was pre-Jim Carrey. Yeah. Back to the Bad. back to the discussion. We at hand. Wow. <laughs> oh, we're still talking about overacting. Um, there, there's a an extended version scene where Aomer is crying over somebody that died, and like the, the crying is just ridiculous. Like he's just losing his mind. And I don't even know who it was. Like I was so distracted by That's how when he thinks Aowen is dead. Is that when he thinks Aowen? Yeah. I couldn't even tell that that's what it was about. Like all of a sudden, remember, he's she's, just like, yeah, she stabs the. Yeah, she's uh, yeah. the witch king she's and like, like, like she went cold, which it doesn't explain that at all either. When she stabs the witch king, she goes cold because of like the evil whatever stuff. And so she's cold to the touch. She's passed out, like she's not breathing enough that they can tell that she's alive. 
And so Theoden sees, or Eomer sees Theoden dead and then sees Eowyn like near him and thinks his sister died too. And he like loses his, loses his stuff. He lost so. a little too much for me. Whoa. <laughs> lost too much stuff. You need to put some stuff back. I mean, it's not Denethor level or anything. That's still the clear winner here, but right. that little moment. All right. So are we in agreement that Denethor is the, the runaway winner with this? Uh, yeah. Frodo, Frodo has that little... With an honorable mention? Yeah. I mean, that one scene, it's just like, like I'll chuck that up to bad directing. Like Denethor's like throughout, though. I mean, like yeah. multiple it's, times. It's consistent. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote the sneering, the quivering lip, the spittle, the falling down, the tomatoes bursting and running down his lip. <laughs> <laughs> like all of that stuff. Uh, so is this like the Denethor eating tomatoes award from now on or something? Right. Like, how this, do you want to rename this thing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe it could be the Denethor tomato meter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So technical cinematography nerd stuff. So this is kind of a spillover of iconic uh, moment when it comes to the Lord of the Rings conversation, I feel like. So um, what do you guys have? Uh, lighting the beacon. Mm. is so cool um that uh, and of course got the music because we'll get to that in a little bit with score stuff um but i just these awesome huge aerial shots where you're waiting and you see the flame pop up somewhere in the distance and then they show the next one and it's it's really cool like just showing how that travels all the way to rohan is 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 really cool yeah that one too i also had uh the first time we see minus Tirith when Gandalf rides up with Pippin on the horse and we kind of get this like we start out behind him and then we sweep up into this like huge aerial shot and then we get kind of another aerial shot of minus Tirith that's fantastic with the witch king that that Troy talked about earlier like just seeing the scale of it and then how they use both like model scales and CGI and married the two together in such a perfect way that it's seamless and it's it's just beautiful like the it just the way they did it and the way they built the city into a real mountain in in uh new zealand both in the scale and then with the cgi and just seeing how all of those overlay it just it's it's beautiful yeah mine's similar but it's gandalf going out to meet the men retreating from osgiliath whenever he mm-hmm. shines the uh, the light yeah. i think it's just like a very cool picture very similar to uh the uh the one that we talked about with gandalf and the balrog falling down mm-hmm. um in two towers this one is is kind of like that one was like away. a a more vertical shot this one's like a more horizontal shot you see like the light and the dart uh, mixed together and him obviously coming in and being the light side and chasing them off with the light so that they have to go retreat back into darkness it's just a really it's a really cool uh shot but it's also a very cool picture as well so um in the midst of the 47 endings um i actually do love how the ring falls on like the piece of like solid lava you know whatever like it falls on that one that's a little more solid so just just that little bit of hesitation so you get to like catch a good glimpse of it as it Mm -hmm. then falls in like it doesn't just plop into the lava and that's it like it's like that was really cool i remember thinking in the theater because of course like i said i didn't read any of the books 
And so I kind of tried to like let the movies be as spoiler free as possible. And Lori did good for three years. And so did the internet, I guess, Twitter didn't exist back then, or at least it was in its infant stages where everybody would have probably ruined LaShawn everything. McCoy, LaShawn McCoy didn't watch this movie, so you were in <laughs> So I, I was sitting there and I was like, oh no, are they seriously going to say that this like this ring is just going to float on this lava? And then it like melted. I was like, okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so uh, I had uh, the Witch King of Angmar, but at Sirith Ungol. I really love that shot where it's like dark and the beacon is just uh, lit. Not the beacon that you guys were talking about, but the, the, the from... yeah, from Sauron, the green, yeah. the green, yeah. And he like comes up over the top of, uh, and they're they're running up the the secret stairs. I thought that that was just a really cool shot as well. Well, and I yeah, I think the way the both the visual and the color and mm-hmm. the music it's like all of it gives you just a sense of foreboding because you know what's coming and just mm-hmm. building that tension before the battle like i thought that was that it was pretty cool the way they did that and of course the black gate the final battle like the whole thing where the the gates open right before they like start and you see the gaze of sauron go from like searching throughout mordor to like getting a full attention on the gate, which was the whole purpose of the men going there. Like just that, that shot and the way they did the lighting, like that just, that was cool. That was cool. I had Legolas taking down the Oliphant in this one, but I, I thought that AMRs was uh, infinitely more efficient, but um, admittedly not as cool. (laughs) (laughs) uh aimer is uh nikola Jokic out here just kind of get getting things done throwing dimes grabbing boards looking like she doesn't actually have to put any effort she's just hanging out yeah yeah and then uh legolas is uh russell westbrook (laughs) you lost me no i i think i've heard of russell westbrook you don't know who nikola Jokic is though uh was he the guy that played for the Nuggets that yes. we saw? Yeah. Okay, hey. So hey, there you go. Hey, well done. Well Duke. done. Yeah. Is so. that El Duque? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that you came through uh, strong for that one. So. Oh. All right. Uh, favorite song or score moment? Or Wait, did you? Had you more. had one more? I'm sorry. Uh, my last one was uh, like the final shot of the boat sailing into the West. Hmm. Like that course that kind of also goes into the next one because that's one of my favorite song and score moments too Mm. is when it starts playing like the into the west song and like the way it's built all to that it's the final ending fires finally i'm like what ship i turned it off before that i must i must (laughs) turn it off i don't know (laughs) who's got a boat um so yeah just that 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 last shot (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was cool Fires, I skipped past you. Did you have any more technical no, I was out. cinematography? I was out. Okay. I thought I, I, I saw that look on your face. Okay. All right. So let's go into, Lori already took us into favorite song, our score moments. What other ones did you have? Uh, the lighting of the beacon. I mean, I, I just mentioned it in the other one, but like the music during that one is so cool. Like just amping this up, like knowing like, oh, this is about to get even bigger than you thought. Like this huge battle is coming, but we're calling in Rohan. So great moments are coming um you get that great line that we mentioned earlier with aragon and theoden like rohan will answer 
Um, and all that leads to our, our, our iconic moment where they charge into battle and stuff. So, Oh, and it, and it, it underscores a lot of the things that we've been talking about so far, like the pride of men. Uh, I mean, Theoden was not none too pleased that where was Gondor when, when we needed them, you know? Yeah. So it just, it's a very, we talked about, we've talked about this a lot in a lot of other movies where sometimes a moment doesn't feel earned. That one is earned through and through. Yes. I mean, but you have plenty of time to play with it whenever you're given three and four hour movies. <laughs> but like some people just waste that time. You know, I, I felt like it was just such a, a good in the moment uh, scene, but also a, a very across the trilogy scene that 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 there is hope in men uh, and that that they're not lost. So. Uh, I had Pippin's song in my favorite song or score moment, as well as the song that plays over the Rohirrim. Uh, so, yeah, I had Pippin's song, and then the last one I had was after the, or it's kind of with when the ring melts, and then we see all of the forces of Mordor like collapse. I think that score moment, the visual, and then watching the the tower fall, and then again like that implosion where like the eye like explodes mm -hmm. and like so it's like the the tower is already collapsing and it's already like you know going into ruin but seeing just the utter destruction as it explodes and just kind of all turns to dust um i think both visually and the song the music the score over it and just the sound effects that they use for that is mm -hmm. just especially in the theater i remember when we watched that yeah. in this theater it just like gives you chills yeah spiritual metaphors and illustrations even Ooh. though even though Lori hates this one I, I felt like the the spiritual metaphor of like uh satan poisoning our thoughts like that Gollum does to frodo oh, is yeah. like is i mean we we've talked about it a couple of times like tolkien hates like allegory he'd rather have some subtext uh so that you have to kind of make those leaps i thought that one was just very straightforward um at least in this um, and in the movie portion of it. Cause like you said, it doesn't happen in the books. Uh, but I mean, it, it's subtly happening, but in the books, but it's very on display here in the movie. So definitely, definitely. Um, I also love, I love the way Ma uh, Pippin and Mary both pledge themselves, like offer their lives. Like you have um, and in the extended, you get both of them doing it. I don't think you mm -hmm. see uh, Mary's in the regular one. You see Correct. Pippin's, but I think I have that right. Yep. I get those two confused. Um, <laughs> Pippin's in Gondor, and you definitely see him. Yeah, play you definitely. Yeah. Okay, I got it right. Yeah, you don't see Mary's except in the extended editions uh, when he does the same thing, and that's just really cool. And that there's a lot of that, like being being willing to offer yourself the whole. I mean, even the whole death, death, death thing. Like over and over again, we see they're willing to step out and risk their lives, offer their lives. That's the whole reason they go to the Black Gate and give us that great scene. Is they're literally just like, hey. We're basically just going to go sacrifice ourselves, hoping that it distracts him long enough for Frodo to go destroy the ring. So that's yeah. all really cool stuff. Just that willingness to face death and offering your life for something bigger than yourself. No greater love. You feel? Yeah. I've got, since we finally, we've been talking about Mordor for two you know, movies now for 12 hours, and we actually finally see it, just that, that concept of the ruin of sin mm -hmm. and that you know 
Mordor is kind of how I picture hell. Like things are on fire and burning and smoking and darkness and isolation and, you know, all of the bad things. There's no water. They're thirsty. They, you know, they're parched. They're burning up, you know, just all of the things just, I thought that was a really good concept of that. And just kind of, it's not a far far leap to see the orcs as demons and, you know, Sourman as as Satan, you know, the, the prince of darkness, the, the Lord of the dark land, you know, it's, uh, that was something that was very visually, um, representative for me. And then, uh, another one I had, that's kind of a bit of a reach, but I thought it was an interesting thought was looking at, um, kind of how the elves are kind of like angels and that they kind of, they're kind of jealous of men in some ways because they don't face death and they don't understand death and they don't understand kind of that sacrifice of men and but they're in awe of it and that that I think men earn the respect of the elves in this movie in the same way that it talks about how the angels like look upon the Christians you know and the saints as especially in Revelation as kind of being an author sacrifice and of their thing because they don't experience death in the way that men do they don't experience free will and the choice to, to, you know, die for a greater purpose, like, you know, men do. So that was kind of, maybe it's a reach, but I thought it was an interesting thought. I love Sam picking up Frodo um, and carrying him up the mountain, the line we already quoted earlier, but like that, that whole idea, like I can't do it for you, but I can carry you. Like I can lift you up and I can help you do this. Like I can't, I can't literally do it for you, but I can try and point the way I can try and support you and, and do whatever I can. Like literally like this brother, just, I'm just going to pick you up and and take you and carry you up here to where you need to be. It's just a really cool idea. So especially here on the Phileo podcast. So that's right. Uh, I had also Gandalf talking to Pippin about death being another path and not the end. Uh, I thought that that was a very cool, uh, a conversation in the context of um like Lori was saying heaven and hell you know like hey you don't have to be scared about dying we're, we're dying for a, a good reason but um like in their version of it, it's going to the gray havens or right yeah so and that that was one of mine too just the whole you know the last scene of them sailing into the west like that they're going on to you know the afterlife basically <laughs> And that not everybody gets to get in the boat and go to the afterlife, you know, to the, to the good place. <laughs> like that it's, it's not uh, an open invitation and it's also not necessarily something you earned the right to do, but rather it's an invitation, you know, Frodo didn't earn his right on that boat, but he was invited as, you know, a ring bearer, as the person who had help evil like he was invited to join the elves and and same with bilbo and so i thought that was kind of cool but then the other one i had was just the words they used as frodo that you know both tolkien and peter jackson used as frodo destroys the ring you know he says it's done it's gone it's done and it's the same as you know it's it's finished like Mm -hmm. sin sin and death is defeated like that doesn't mean that it erased all of the the scars and all of the trouble and that's why I still like the fact that when Sam and Frodo got to the Shire they still had to fight for their homeland it wasn't 
it wasn't that, you know, sin no longer existed or evil no longer existed, even though they had done away with the ring. It's that there was a hope now. Now there was, you know, that, that, that path that was made. The ultimate victory was there. Maybe not always the little victories along the way, but that big one is there now. Any random thoughts? Oh, here's my uh, golem eating a fish. Random thought. There you go. I had it in here. Gandalf sleeping with his eyes open is one of the freakiest (laughs) things ever. (laughs) My random thoughts was uh, just kind of one of those weird trivia things is that after, you know, the ship goes into the West and Sam goes back to, to his family um, the little girl who played Goldilocks, his daughter, the, the, the Hobbit child is Sean Aston's daughter in real life. And I thought that was kind of cool. And it does, I mean, she does look like Sam. She looks like a Hobbit. Just, it worked. I had Aon and Aragorn's DTR is swift and gut wrenching. <laughs> Just like most DTRs are. <laughs> Uh, and if you don't know what DTR is, that's define the relationship. So it was very much one-sided that Aon was uh, very much into this uh, relationship. And Aragorn was like, oh, oh, that's cute. I, I really dig this uh, elf lady that I've been uh, swooning over that you haven't seen because it's all. Really? Around. He should have just been like, um, I'm 87 years old and just walked away. That's all he needed to say. <laughs> Oh, touche, touche. Did Frodo actually wake up the spider by shining the light? Because it didn't move until Frodo busts out the light. And then it's like, oh, look, someone's here for me to eat. I feel like that was like Hollywood jump scare, like business. Yeah. Yeah. When the book, they smell the spider because it's completely pitch black and they can't see anything. But the spider is also afraid of light. And so it wouldn't move. It was probably sneaking up on him and he shined the light on it and it scared it back. And so that's. I think what they were trying to depict, but he, he shined the light because he could smell it getting worse. The stench of death, which is what she smells like. smells like, like an oath (laughs) that was broken. (laughs) That my friend's was a callback. (laughs) He's so proud of himself. Fart jokes, guys. That's what you came for. (laughs) Proud of him too. Um, Byers was like he, he gave me the the, 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 the go ahead the, the cow nod yeah like Ricky Bobby like mm-hmm, yeah. yeah you mm-hmm. should do that right now yeah or at, at the uh, the uh, the Todd Pack oh you wouldn't know the Todd Packer and the uh, Michael Scott like reference yeah, yeah. Ooh, I know that second name though at least I got yes. that yeah so all right um, whose movie is it. Actually, let's throw. I always do this. Let's throw it extended editions talking here. Do we have anything we already else? We talked about all these. Ooh, editions. there was one I didn't mention yet. Uh, you actually get to see Faramir and Eowyn meet in the extended yeah. ones. In the healing. Like, house. In the regular one. Yeah. In the regular one, they're like together at mm-hmm. the coronation. And like you get this just like, oh, I guess they met and kind of became right. a thing. But like you actually get to see a little moment of it in the extended. That was nice. It seems a lot less reboundy. Yeah. Yes. So the the last little thing that I had was if uh, if you felt that the theatrical cut was long, the extended edition clocks in at four hours and twenty three minutes, which is fifty one minutes longer than the theatrical cut. But it gives you a lot of good, yeah. like actual necessary 
explanations and like shows you some stuff that, that's actually worthwhile. It's not yeah. just fluff. It's like, well, why did you leave some of that other junk in there and cut this out? But it was still worth it. Because they paid a lot for those other shots. After you already spent yeah. three and a half hours, what's 51 more minutes? I mean, you've already yeah. dedicated half a day of your life to this movie. You can just yeah. keep going. Uh, so I'll get, I'll, I'm gonna say that the extended editions add two hours and five minutes to the entire trilogy. Um, but one of the interesting things about the extended editions, like Peter Jackson was so like intent on doing them that like they still went back and did reshoots after they finished, um, after they won the Academy Award for like all these academy awards they still went back and finished up some of these extended edition shots um, because he was just like no we have to do this like we have all this stuff here and so like aragorn bought one of the horses and he like took it home and then had to fly it back out there um, because mm -hmm. they were finishing up uh, some shots so it was just a really cool like hey we know that fans are going to be ridiculous about this we we owe it to them to to finish some of these things up so but um all right whose movie is it pippin fight me sam fight me. i've got frodo and sam billy boy no just okay. sam frodo sucks in this movie like you hate frodo for most <laughs> of the movie like he's he gets whiny i mean i know it's the ring i understand why it happens right. but you hate frodo you just want to smack him like when he sends Sam away and chooses Smeagol, come on now. Yeah. Well, it's and your I, Sam. Don't you know your Sam? Don't you know your Sam? So I think like the reconciliation at the end of like everything that kind of goes through, even though like truly at the end, like he could have given Sam like a little bit of heads up, like, hey, bro, like I'm going to jump on a boat and like I'm out of here. Right? <laughs> totally. You could at least okay. warn Sam. Uh, so, Blindside so Sam is not cool. So I'm going Sam. Why? Why? Why is Pippin winning the the movie? Like I, I get it, he's good. Like, but he is. It's his movie. It's his movie. No, he he has most of the the exposition, most of the character development. He's got like the score moment. He makes you laugh. He Does he carry the ring bear up Mount Doom? Nope. No, he doesn't. No, but at this Does he point, take we've... the ring and give it back willingly? Like with barely a hesitation. There's like the briefest of like, do I want to give it back? Oh yeah, right. I want to give it back. A little bit of crazy that crosses the eyes, but but that's it. I feel like this is Al Pacino winning an Academy Award for scent of a woman, just because like all the other times, like <laughs> or, or no, 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 better, better analogy. This is Carl Malone winning MVP because Michael Jordan has can't win it every time. Is that is that what we're doing? I just feel like we've, we've already See? given it to Frodo and Sam. Like yeah. we're bored of the Sam something new. I, I saved okay. it. This All is right. new. Okay. Yeah, you you saved it. I gave it to him in uh, Two Towers because he was too good. And then like at the end of this, I was like, man, he's still too good in this one too. Even better in this one. I mean, everybody I, I goes up. First. Everybody goes up a level in this movie. Basically, yeah. like yeah. everybody gets better. Their characters get better. Yeah. Um, I but, will say he sneaks into the conversation more than than he probably should. Who? Pippin. Pippin. I'll give you that. Like he he kind of elevates to a level like that Mary didn't get 
uh, to yeah. to get to. He's like that random fourth guy that gets invited to the Heisman ceremony, even though he's not going to win. But you're like, oh, they invited him. Like, uh-huh. cool, he got to come. He's not going to win it because he, you know, plays for North Dakota State or something. But yeah. <laughs> he's there. He deserves to be there. But he's not winning. Sorry. Or just say that Billy Boyd had the biggest growth over the trilogy and it shines and some of it is yeah the book like the the way the character is written but some of it is he just does he just knocks it out of the park in this movie yeah that's it that's all I got that's all I got Pippin wins Pippin wins no that's you know what I heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard Samwise the Brave I heard there was Michael Jordan and then there was Pippin, but nobody puts it the other way around. <laughs> well, that's it for us. We hope you enjoyed the the fart jokes, the conversation. And uh, this was really fun. Thanks to Lori for coming and uh, telling us all about where we're wrong with the books because it's what I do best. I might have I might have listened <laughs> to the books, but I've definitely not read them all by myself or in a, in a manner to, sufficient to to speak to them appropriately so well if you have any questions thoughts if you think that pippin is not carl malone in this situation let us know on our facebook page on the instagram comments or by sending us an email uh instagram is phileo podcast all one word all lowercase um facebook is the phileo podcast and our email is phileo podcast at gmail.com great job Lori. great job buyers good brownies good brownies good brownies why do you always say it like that <laughs> whatever on two towers she gave it an mm, afterwards mm. too and i left it in it was good <laughs>